Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR, and joined by my colleague and co-host, Ben Coley, the editor of QSR. And so this week, we definitely have a special episode. I think once I introduce a guest, he'll, I don't really need to get too deeper into why it's a unique episode for us, but it also coincides with the cover of QSR this month, so I hope you check it out. But we're joined by Brandon Landry and Drew Brees, and we're going to talk a lot about small sliders. Now, Brandon's the founder also of walk-ons, as many of you know, and Drew has got a, a lot going on in the restaurant space, as we'll talk about here. So first of all, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, we appreciate the time. And before we really get into it, I want to just give you both a chance here to kind of introduce yourselves or your relations to the brand and talk a little bit about Small Sliders for anybody who might not be aware of it, and we'll take it from there. So Brandon, if you want to start, maybe? Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Um yeah, like you just mentioned, I, I founded Walk-Ons almost 20 years ago to the day. Uh, we made 20 years on September 9th. And, you know, that being in the full service industry for a while, um, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a founder at heart and always kind of thinking about another concept and what, what could be good out there. And we had a really craveable um, cheeseburger slider. On, on our walk-ons menu. And look, I, I grew up as a as a cheeseburger fan as a kid and uh, still am. And and I looked at this thing and I was like, man, we have an opportunity here. Uh, you know, looking at the world and, and seeing people that do smaller menus, uh, no pun intended, um, and doing them, doing them well, doing them better than anybody else in the world and really concentrating on that. And um in, in having Raising Cane's, uh, Todd Gray's one of my best friends, founded right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana as well, looking at what he did for almost the last 30 years of just doing one one item and doing it really well. And so I looked at this, and actually Drew was my, my partner in walk-ons at the time, and we started talking, and um, I said, man, this is a concept. This is the kind of, I think we can go very industrial on our look, on our brand, having almost like a can style building, modular buildings, and just do cook to order cheeseburger sliders, uh, cook them fresh, cook them to order, make sure that the product is, is second to none and uh, keep it simple and keep it good. And um, here we are, you know, not even five years in and uh, things really taking off. I mean, we, we designed it to do. All right, let's do a million bucks out of these deals. And, and you know, we got almost AUVs over two and a half now and tracking towards three. And so life is good in the smalls world. And then, you know, Drew, you know, same question to you, you know, tell me your, your thoughts about, you know, small sliders and how you, your journey to uh, becoming part of the brand. Yeah. So <clears throat> it really goes back to my relationship with Brandon. So, um, you know, I got, uh, I met Brandon in 2015 in New Orleans and it was, uh, really as a result of walk-ons. So, um, Brandon had opened up a walk-ons location on Poydras Avenue on the way to the uh, the, Mer- the, the Superdome. All right, so I would uh, I think it, it opened in 2012. Um, in fact, walk-ons was named uh, ESPN's number one sports bar in America that year, um, which was a phenomenal honor. And then I think I think they stopped giving the honor after that. I think I think I think that yeah. that uh, the reigning world champ. the reigning world <laughs> champ will never be beaten. Um, so here I am driving along Poydras, you know, trying to get my mind right for the game and I'm driving by walk-ons, uh, every, every Sunday, uh, to go play football. And 
there's just a line out the door. People are, man, having a great time, you know, just kind of, you know, tailgating, getting ready for the game. And I thought, man, that place looks really cool. <laughs> I need to go check it out. So I go check it out. And I'm like, this is, this is the most amazing, you know, beyond just the sports bar concept, like just the culture, the vibe, the energy, you could feel it, love the menu. I started doing a bunch of events there. Like any event that came to town that I was responsible for hosting, I'd say, well, let's, let's go to Walk-On's Poitras. So finally I was like, man, I, I need to figure out who created this. So I, I look up Brandon and, and ask for a meeting and just kind of get in front of him and say, I, look, I, I, I absolutely love your concept. I've been a Jimmy John's franchisee for the last uh, you know, five years, you know, which is kind of, I guess, how I cut my teeth in the, in the uh, industry or kind of got into franchising to begin with was I was just a Jimmy John's franchisee. And I loved everything Brandon was doing. Brandon talked about how um, he wanted to begin franchising walk-ons. And I said, well, I've been on the other side of that. Um, I love your brand. I'd, I'd love to be you know, a part of this with you. And he gave me the opportunity to buy into walk-ons at the time and become a partner, which I'm forever grateful for, um, to see that brand continue to grow and flourish and everything that it's done over the last 20 years. But again, that's what really kind of what what spawned Smalls. I, I'll, I I can remember, Brandon, we were flying. We were yeah. we were in a plane. We were flying to a walk-ons grand opening somewhere. Uh, we were going to the Independence Bowl kickoff oh, party in Shreveport. Oh, that's, what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, up in Shreveport. And you're like, hey, man, I have, a, I have an idea. You know, the, the, you know one, of the, one of the best items we have on the walk-ons menu on the appetizer is, is the slider. He's like, I think this could be a standalone concept. And, you know, obviously we were, we're both kind of, you know, junkies when it comes to just, you know, uh, kind of you know, throwing, out, throwing around the ideas and especially when it comes to a new concept. And, you know, I, I uh, spent some time out here in California. So, you know, In-N-Out Burger is, is obviously, you know, uh, like – a part of the lifestyle out here and, and, and to Brandon's point, the, uh, of course, his relationship with Todd Graves and Canes and, and you watch what they've been able to accomplish. But just this idea that you can take something and be the best in the world at it. Right. And keep it simple. But it's all about the culture that you're able to create in and around the brand. Um, it's 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 consistency. It's craveability. And just some of the unique elements to it, the, the repurposed shipping container and the way that you just make this like part of the brand and something that you just instantly recognize, right? And so it resonated with me immediately. And I said, all right, well, as, as, as soon as this, as soon as this, you know, becomes a reality, like I'm in, I'm all in. And that's, that's how, that's how it was birthed. At first I was like, whoa, 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 I'm not pitching you here, man. Stay on your side. Of the <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, wasn't there a wasn't there a Saints uh, punter who was a, was also a franchisee of a restaurant concept? I think it was a Juice Brand. Am I making that up? It was Thomas Morstead. Well, maybe. yeah, Mor- Morstead and Marcus Colston, uh, Main Squeeze. Okay, that's I right. Think is, that's right. Is what yeah. they're both involved in. Yeah. Yeah. What? A, I mean, tell us about your journey to franchising there, and and kind of you know we've actually written you know, little stories in the past kind of about why it applies to a lot of athletes and how they get involved and why they yep. make really great franchisees. But yeah, I mean, how did that happen for you? And Well, it's, I, I think, I think franchising at its core is that you take a proven model, a proven business model, a proven brand, and you execute the game plan, right? And obviously as athletes, you know, that's what you're used to doing. Take the game plan, game plan, go execute the game plan. Um, I think for me, it, it started off, very, very authentic. And that is that I went to Purdue University from 1997 to 2001, exact same time Brandon was at LSU. Um, and 
I found myself probably three times a week eating at Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's Gourmet Sandwiches, which was founded in Charleston, Illinois, at Eastern Illinois University. But one of their first locations was actually at Purdue University. They, 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 they really grew in Big Ten you know, college towns. Um, so <clears throat> here I am, 3 o'clock in the morning, Wiley Hall, freshman year, hanging out with the, the, the guys on the team. <clears throat> Supposed to be studying, but we're not. <clears throat> and it's like, hey, we're, we're hungry. What do we do? Well, it's like Jimmy John's on speed dial. And next thing you know, you got some college dude rolling up in a bicycle with like eight sandwiches. And you're just like, man, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, how does it get any better than this? It was so consistent. It was like 15 minutes they were there. It was the same bite every time. Like, So I remember getting drafted then in 2001 to the San Diego Chargers. I come out to San Diego, no Jimmy John's. Five years later, I'm in New Orleans, no Jimmy John's. So the only time I could get Jimmy John's when I go back to Purdue University. I'd sit there and I'd eat it like for five meals in a row when I was back there because I just had to get my year's worth in like three days. So finally in 2011, I'm sitting in the State Street location of Purdue University's campus at Jimmy John's taking a bite of a number nine. And I said, that's it. Like I am tired of not being able to get this, you know, wherever I'm living. So ironically... Uh, one of my teammates with at Purdue was a walk-on quarterback. His name was Carl Burglar. He was now the VP of operations for Jimmy John's corporate. So I called him up. I said, Carl, what do I need to do to get Jimmy John's down to New Orleans? He said, we just opened up the territory. Are you serious? I said, yes. So basically, I became a franchisee because selfishly, I just wanted a freaking Jimmy John's sandwich every like a couple times a week down in New Orleans, right? Um but at the same time, I thought, you know, what what a great opportunity to take what I think is a great brand, um, has a great great support structure around it. Learn about the business of franchising, bring it down to New Orleans, a community that I love. Uh, you know, it, each location we're employing about thirty people, right? And you're bringing a concept down that, that doesn't currently exist, but you think would be you know great for the community. So that was my that was my initial thought, and here I am what, uh, 12 years later, and, and we've got about 25 Jimmy John's locations, but as a franchisee throughout the Southeast. But that was definitely what created the bug. And um, love franchising. Certainly, you know, know the grind that it is, you know, uh, to, to be a business owner, a small business owner, to start a franchise. Um, I mean, I can remember driving around New Orleans, like trying to select sites, negotiating leases, you know, working with our operating team. Uh, actually, I, whenever I'd pop into Jimmy John's, I'd grab usually the next delivery that was going out the door and say, all right, I'll take it. You know, I'd just show up at some office building, you know, or somebody's house, handing them a, handing them a Jimmy John's sandwich and chat for a bit. You know, so I was able to have fun with that as well. And I felt like add a little something extra. I'm going to you know, the floor. You know, what's funny is Drew and yeah, I are both, yeah. we're, we're, we're on the franchisor side of Smalls, but we're both franchisees as well. And right. so I'm, I'm working on my, my second one now and, and Drew's about to open up in Metairie and he's got that market. So we're going to play on both sides of this concept as well. Yeah, Drew, before um, Ben asks you something here, I want to show you something. You can't really see it. Obviously, people are going to be listening to this, but this is uh, sitting in my office at the moment. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this sent to me from, uh, you know, the head, Inspire Brands headquarters the other day. It was sitting on the... Uh, I guess when they acquired the brand, that was something that they got from Jimmy John's, and now it's. I was going to say, in, in true Jimmy Lateau fashion, the founder of Jimmy John's. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Brandon and I have yeah, sat I down he, with him a few times. He's he's been great to us. He he's kind of yeah, helped yeah. us along the journey a bit. 
Yeah, I don't know what to do with this because uh, obviously it's uh, it's not really something you, you know, can take home and, and have. Yeah. No, I got I got small kids, you know? so they can't right. see this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, Ben. Ben actually suggested I take a te- uh, you know piece of tape and put it over the U, but uh, yeah, right now it's just sitting on my desk for now. Lights up, it's very exciting. But nice, nice. Well, Brandon, what I was going to, um, you know, pass you is, you know, we were talking before about, you know, a lot of the success that um, Smalls has been seeing lately, and I was hoping you can kind of just go into that momentum, you know, for us and, you know, what the brand has been up to, you know, these past few months and weeks. Yeah, well, I think any brand, any concept, it starts with a great leader, and uh, we, we, we got one. We, we found Maria Rivera. We were fortunate. Um, to have her join our team as our CEO. And, and so she hasn't even been in eight months yet. And we're already seeing what a great leader does to not only a brand, but especially when you, when you got a brand that's just, just getting going. Um, like I mentioned, I mean, Drew and I talked about this and it was like, okay, let's, let's go a smaller footprint. Let's build 800 square feet. Let's, you know, we don't have to do these crazy sales out of these things. Well, the the brand has has proved us wrong that that we we can do some serious sales out of. It. But now it's it's about scaling and scaling the right way. And, and so, like I said, we we got Maria to join our team. Um, when you get a great leader, uh, they attract other good talent um, and great talent is what she's attracted. And so, I mean, we. She's building the infrastructure to, to build a, a national, if not an international brand. And um, what we're seeing the sales uh, coming out of these these little modular buildings. I mean, we, we, we have our newest unit. We just opened in Lafayette, Louisiana, doing still in week six, doing 100,000 a week out of 800 square feet of cheeseburger sliders. It's a lot of sliders, guys. Um, and, and so it, it's just... I mean, we're we're looking at the potential of these things. I mean, we, we have over a hundred sold already. I mean, people when you look at the unit economics and what these things can produce and these small footprints and seeing where we can put them, we don't need two acres of land. You know, we can fit these things on a half an acre. I um, mean, we're going in. I mean, Drew's going in a in a in a Target out parcel in front of Target on Clearview and Betts, the number one intersection in New Orleans. I mean, most brands can't do that. Um, just because of the, the sheer size of them. And so, I mean, when you talk about potential, I mean, I mean, we just had our board meeting last week. Drew's a part of that. I mean, just looking at the unit economics, I mean, when you're talking about the uh, the upfront money is is minimal compared to other brands. Um, when you own your own modular building on top of that, uh, and then just the sales coming out of these things, and then just a cool damn brand. I mean, I mean, that was something that from the from the beginning, branding is everything, right? And and so when we talked about being industrial, being the shipping, I mean, you talk about it, it brands you. When you see a shipping container sitting twenty five feet in the uh, orange shipping container sitting twenty five feet in the sky, driving by, we're branding ourselves already. And uh, like I said, the the potential is endless, and and we got marketing coming to play. And I mean, this is all really without. Any third-party delivery at this point, uh, online ordering, uh, I mean, digital, I mean, catering. Like, we, we haven't even scratched the surface with this brand yet. 
and and to see the the crazy sales and economics coming out of it, this was what makes it so exciting. How many how many seats are inside these things? We don't have indoor dining, Danny. So it's uh, all just pick up. Yeah. Take it, it's it's all, we have a we have an outdoor courtyard and and okay. Uh, it, it's it's a little turfed area that has like 15 or 20 seats. Um, but the majority of our business is drive through. But I mean, we do mm-hmm. see I mean, kids love it. You know, so I mean, we see the T-ball teams pull up on the weekends and the, there's 25 kids out there eating cheeseburger sliders and fries and chicks. And, and so um, but no, yeah, no indoor dining. Well, you must, I mean, Maria's probably got a lot of work just keep her busy on the throughput of moving that many burgers through the, the line right now. It's Absolutely. a good problem to have. Obviously. Yeah, it's, it's a great problem to have, but it's not something that either of us, I think, envisioned when we said, okay, we're going to build these things and be less than 800 square feet to think that, I mean, in Lafayette, we did 120,000 opening week out of 800 square. I mean, it, it was crazy, but I mean, it just showed you, I mean, we got a good product. Uh, the brand's working, and and now it's just like you said, it's a good problem to have. It's a lot easier to 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 worry about those problems than building sales, right? That's right. Oh, Brandon, I was um also going to ask you know you know being with uh you know walk ons as well um before you guys started on this brand, have you seen uh, interest or is it a strategy to you know? Um, you know, leverage some of the operators that you guys have over there and, you know, bringing them also into the smallest family and kind of like ownership of both or. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a strategy, Ben. I think it's more of a, people trust us. Um, and, and so the people that are in our system and have been in our system for years now, um, of course, it's human nature. Peek over the fence, right? See what's on the other side. And so uh, it's a fine line. I mean, it's, it's look, you got to develop a schedule. Let's make sure we don't forget about our walk-ons world. But we do have, I'll be honest with you, we have a couple of franchisees that are multi-unit developers for walk-ons that, I mean, Chris McJunkins, uh, North Louisiana, Northwest Arkansas, he's working on his seventh walk-ons now. Uh, top of this, I mean, he's got... Over, I think six of the seven are over $6 million walk-ons. Great operator, but he's working on his second and third smalls right now as well. Uh, same thing with our Mississippi, Matt Gallagher, our franchisees there. And so, yeah, there's definitely interest. And, you know, we're making sure that they're upholding their end of the bargain on the walk-on side. But um, I would say it's a strategy, but of course, great walk-ons operators. We trust in our smalls brand as well. Let me ask you something, Drew, kind of off color. Um for our listeners, I think they find this interesting, but what would you say is the most surprising thing about the restaurant industry that you had no idea you were walking into? Well, there's there's obviously a lot that goes into it. And I, I think too, you're, you, you think about the, the different, you know, the different levels of, of what concept you could choose, right? You know, the difference between walk-ons and smalls is significant, right? Like walk-ons, full service restaurant, you know, the amount, of people and the amount of things that are happening, you know, front of house, back of house at any given moment is, it's a lot, right? Um, you, you go to, uh, you know, and you're talking 8,000 square feet, right? Now jump down to 800 square feet, right? When you're talking about a smalls, right? And you're in a can, right? And now, now still the, I think the logistics and the flow and just the thought that goes behind, you know, how you're cranking out these, cheeseburger sliders in the most, you know, efficient, consistent manner you can, um, at maximum capacity, it also takes a lot of thought and, and, and energy. So I think just, 
just the the way that the teams work together, I think, is something that is, I think, fascinating to me. It's also, I think, what separates, you know, the good from the great um, in regards to not just, I think, the experience that you can give the customer, you know, the 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 quality of the of the product or the the meal that you're providing but it's also i think just the culture that's created within and it just further confirms um i think the similarities between the best teams that i've ever been a part of you know on the football field um and what's happening between you know the four walls of that restaurant or that can and that is it's all about the team it's all about the way everyone cares about one another works with and for one another um, that determines your success. Right. And before you know, I, I let it, you go, it, it, oh, go ahead, Brandon. It was, yep. it was interesting, you know, when Drew joined our family, um, of course, a big name, right? And helps with marketing. But I, I mean, I think Drew and I had a lot of conversation about just how relatable the any business, I guess, but especially our restaurant businesses and teams are and, and how you got to create that culture. I remember having conversations with him before our season or something. And he's like, yeah, man, we got a great team, but we got a, we got a little bit of cancer in there. We got to, we got to take care of, right. We got, we got to, we got to get some of these bad apples out. And it, it relates so well to our restaurants. And when you see the ones that are producing great numbers and economically stable, it's, it's how good is that? Is that team? And, and it's so relatable and, and we've learned a lot from each other. I know I've learned a lot from him, just the way he went as the leader of that team for so long and really how, I mean, we can relate it to our, our general managers, right? Or to our franchisees and how we build these teams and how we make sure that it starts with our people and making sure that they understand our vision and our purpose. And, and then it's easy to make money at that point. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ask you guys kind of as a closing question here before I let you go to maybe give us one thing, a piece to keep an eye out with the brand here in the next year or two. I know you mentioned the hundred commitments or hundred sold, which is a amazing thing in the amount of time. But, you know, what is kind of on the near term horizon for smalls? Well, I think I just mentioned, I mean, what I had drawn on the paper to what it's become is a little bit different. You know, I mean, when you're talking these type of volumes, um, it's not that we have to completely go back to the drawing board, but we're, we're just talking about throughput, right? Efficiency, understanding, and for us, I mean, look, we're still a, a new brand. And, and so Maria is building a rock star team. But still, with, with that, you have to make sure that, that we're all working and playing well together. And, and so lots of work to do. Um, the, the, the model works. We know that. Um, it's, it's, it's already developing some sort of a, a, a cultural following. Um, not just socially, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I mean, people crave these things and, and that was the, that was the purpose. Right. And, and so how do we create something that becomes a household name that, that we can develop all over the world, um, with a world-class team. And, and that's why we got Maria Rivera in the house and, and, and she is, she's the best in the biz and, and we're excited and already what she's built. And, but you know, we also have to understand how, how do we how do we grow the right way? Um, you know, because it's one thing to sell 100 or sell 200 or sell 500 and we just go open, open, open or we do it at our pace and make sure we got the infrastructure to support that. And, and so that's if there's one thing that I, I learned at walk ons and doing it the right way and we invested in infrastructure for, from get go. And, and Drew can tell you just at our board meeting last week, 
with our private equity partners, 10 point capital. It's like, let's put more money in, like, you know, let's make sure we're investing because we know what, what, what's to come. I mean, we never want to go back and say, man, we wish we would have, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think uh, really to echo a lot of those sentiments, but also, you know, Brandon and I, we come at this from a really interesting perspective. Uh, but, you know, obviously he's the founder, but, you know, we're both on the franchisor side. We're both franchisees and we're both customers, <laughs> right? So I think when, whenever we're looking at the business, we're, we're, we're trying to look at it from all of these different lenses, you know, and obviously we want to provide the absolute best experience that we can for the customer. We want this to be become part of their lifestyle. I think the best brands that we can think of just in general, right, that are a part of our lives, right, are the things that are just part of our lifestyle, right? You know that every, every Wednesday night you're going here or every, you know, uh, uh, Saturday for lunch after the, the Little League game, right, or the Pop Warner game, whatever it is, man, we're going to Smalls, right? Or, you know, that, that one family night that we have, or if we're taking, you know, our youngest to go get a milkshake just to get some daddy-daughter time or something, right? We're going to Smalls, right? So it just, it, we want to become part of people's lifestyle, right? And part of their, their, their weekly routine and their weekly thought because of the experience that it gives them. It's something that they look forward to, right? And it's consistent. Um, and it puts a smile on their face. Um, you know, right. on the franchisee side, I think we've been able to assemble a great group of franchisees. I mean, I think it's just like to the point where the growth is like, okay, you know, this is, this is nuts, you know? Um, but at the same time, I think the way that I've always looked at being a franchisee is number one, is it authentic, right? Do I love, do I love what we're doing? Do I love what we're, what we're selling? Do I love the experience that we're creating? Yes, absolutely. Number two, the culture and the leadership, right? Is that in place? Yes, it is. And number three, do the unit economics make sense? And they're, they absolutely do. And they're becoming more and more to the point where it's like, you know, this is crazy. We're doing twice the volume that we ever thought we would do, right? Um, and yet it, we were able to accomplish that, right? And continue to even make it more efficient, right? And we're constantly working to, to, to solve that. So, um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really a, a very fun time. Um, especially as we think about the ways that we can continue to integrate smalls into the communities in, in which we, uh, you know, we build. I think from our perspective as a franchisor, we want to create the best playbook, the, the best brand, and the best practices that we can for our franchisees. And then we want them to go out in the community and become a part of the community, right? So... With all that being said and with all that in mind, that's why I think we're on our way to building a great American brand, something that becomes as recognizable as an In-N-Out or a Canes or a Chick-fil-A or you know these concepts that are just synonymous with consistency, with an incredible uh, product, an incredible meal, incredible experience. Um, that's who we want to be. That's who we're striving to be. Right. And I think we're seeing that with the type of franchise groups that are joining our – I mean, we're getting – really large, sophisticated groups that are coming to us, you know, and with a nine unit brand sitting here today, buying area developments and really wanting to grow some of that, that that's what's, you know, we, we mentioned in our board meeting last week, we're, we, we may be in rare air with, with this little concept. Once again, this small concept, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> Maybe pun intended, but, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Brandon and Drew, you know, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Obviously, uh, I think there's a lot more to come from the brand. We'll look forward to uh, continuing the check-in, 
you know, and of course, anyone out there who's listening, and make sure you check out this month's QSR right on the cover. A lot more on the brand. Definitely worth diving into. And for anybody who's listening, as always, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.